Hey, Sweat Sisters, welcome to the Pretty Girl Sweat Show, which highlights women who are balancing demanding careers with a healthy lifestyle and hurtling over personal and professional obstacles. I'm your host, Aisha DeVore Branch, and each week I have a sister to sister chat with an inspiring go getter. And listeners learn how good things come to those who sweat. If this is your first time listening, what up? You could be anywhere in the world and you're here with me and I really appreciate that. If you love what you hear, take a second to subscribe to the podcast so you get updates every time we drop a new episode. If you got half a second, leave a rating, which will help other sweat sisters in need of some inspiration find our podcast. If you have a minute, please follow us across all social media platforms. We are at Pretty Girl Sweat on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter and YouTube. Use the hashtag Pretty Girl Sweat when sharing this episode. And if you have five minutes, please leave a review and let us know how we're doing. Chantelle Girac started her juice journey 10 years ago after having her daughter Lotus, who she named her business after. The mother-daughter duo began juicing on YouTube as a fun way to stay healthy and spend time together. And her popularity on YouTube led to juicing for private clients, which quickly turned into opening her first juice bar in 2012. As you listen to episode 34, you'll discover that Chantel's journey to juicing wasn't easy, but her enthusiasm for a plant-based living, as well as her love for her kids, made it all worth it. Chantel Girac, welcome to the Pretty Girl Sweat Show. Hello. Hey, girl. I'm really looking forward to having a deep dive chat with you today. For anyone listening, Chantel and I are friends, and we work out like four, sometimes even five <laughs> days a week together. Um, you know, we go through these like strenuous workouts. We eat lunch after. We chat about our kids, our, our, the men in our lives, the <laughs> I mean, anything that's happening in pop culture. But we never really get a chance to talk about like our upbringing. And, I, you know, we always said we feel like we have so much in common. So this is kind of our discovery moment, I would say, that we right. will get to learn a lot. So um, let's start with the beginning. Tell us about your upbringing, um, about where you were born and where you grew up and a little bit about your parents. Yeah. So I was born in Miami, Florida. Uh, My mom is Jamaican. My dad is uh, white American. He was born and raised in Racine, Wisconsin, if anybody's ever heard of that. Um, and 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 I grew up in a Cuban neighborhood called Hialeah, where like the signs were in Spanish. Everything was super authentic Hispanic, which do I you, loved. Do you know Veronica Vega? She was born in Hialeah too. Yes, which I think I met her through you in in Atlanta, which is odd that you'd never meet somebody from Hialeah anyway. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like her. Uh-huh. All right. So tell me about your childhood when it comes to how you fit in with your peers? I mean, you grew up in this Cuban neighborhood. You're a mixed kid. Did you fit in pretty seamlessly or did you have some struggles? Yeah, no. And so I grew up in a Cuban neighborhood, but my mom put me in inner city schools because that's where the magnet programs were. And at first my dad was like, why are you doing this? But my mom was like wanting me to do something else. She wanted me to experience um, something outside of Hialeah. So I went to inner city schools because at the time that was the only place they had magnet programs. And I didn't really see race. Like, obviously, everything around me was diverse. Everybody was just accepting. And I knew how to run really fast. That was one thing that got me um, 
that got my peers in in the Edison, the schools that I went to to be like, man, they called me Jyrock at the time. They were like, Jyrock, hey, come here, let's race, let's race, and they would just want to run with me. Like that's that Jamaican blood in you, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> So that was just the thing. And then I and then I started playing soccer. So I was heavy into dance growing up and and a huge soccer player. And I played since till I was like 18. And I also danced from the age of 10 to 18. So it was either I was going to go to college for dance or I was going to go for soccer. And I picked dance. Did you have any coaches that influenced your life or taught you something that you still hold near and dear to you today? Yeah, I think the dynamic with being a, a dancer and a soccer player was was great. It's the perfect mix because dance is soft and it's emotional and it allows you to connect to your like feelings and your body and your movement. So you get in touch with that. And then in the other side, soccer was like, let's let's kick some ass, let's be a bad, you know, let's let's just do be tough. And that mm-hmm. that wasn't something I got in dance. So the dynamic with the two kind of molded me to be to know both, to know how to shift as a woman, especially, I thought that was important. I agree. So why Florida State University? Why'd you choose that? College? I wanted to stay in, in state because okay. financial, it, would, it was easier. Mm-hmm. Um, two, they had the top, I think, third, the top three dance programs in the um, country. So that was a plus. Um, and three, I would have graduated in three years because of the school I went to. I went to New World School of Performing Arts, and and that gave me an accelerated um, college credits. Oh, that's well. When you so, walked in that campus, huh? though, as a freshman, what did you hope you were going to get out of school by graduation? Like, what was the goal? I don't know. Honestly, I was just like, my mind was more about getting out. To yeah. be honest, I felt like my parents wanted me to go, mm-hmm. and I and I value that experience. I think every every kid needs at least two years of college. I don't know what it does. You never really use half people don't use their degree, but something about it makes you a little more ready for the world. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm grateful for that. And my first college roommate is a good friend of mine to this day, and it's just valuable um, what I learned there. Now, did dating or like your social experiences impact your collegiate or even your professional journey a bit? Did it kind of steer uh, you anyway? I mean, I, that's Florida State's a huge um, sports college. Okay. But I, in high school, dated this guy named Alex Blaze. He was awesome. At, and, and we started dating, I think, 10th grade. And okay. we dated throughout college. Oh wow! He went to University of Florida. Yeah, it was an awesome relationship, and I felt like it protected me in a way from a lot of that heartache of being, you know, naive and ridiculous at that age. And it was one of those really passionate kind of childhood loves. Like we, I really loved him. He was super sweet to me. He went to Florida um, University of Florida, which was two hours away. So I would literally drive there one weekend. He would come up the next weekend. And we would just do that for, yeah, we dated seven years. Oh, wow. Was he around during the infamous car incident? With what, me getting jacked up? I mean, yeah. Getting up. <laughs> yeah, he had it in. Well, take us back to that story because this, this story is pretty infamous yeah, about no. you being a young <laughs> little baller. <laughs> right. So growing up in high school, I was um, 
I was modeling and I would make money. And since I had no bills, I was, I thought that I was just like balling. So I got a, I got a, a Chevy S10. It was a, a truck. It was white with an extended cab. I dropped it low to the ground. I put 20 inch rims. I got speakers in the back. Cause at the time you had to have like equipment to have good, big music and, um, subwoofers and all that shit. So I'm riding, me and my friends would always ride to like Missy Elliott, Busta Rhymes at the time was popping. Um, and we would ride with our windows down. So I was coming home one day and across the street from my house, there was a group of guys and they were, they were just hanging out. And I pulled in, um, to my house and I saw that they were looking at me, but me being stupid 16, I thought I was just cool. Like, yeah, check me out. <laughs> and I pulled into my house and that night they totally robbed me. They robbed, they took everything out of the truck. And I woke up to the sound of somebody wrestling outside. And I looked out the window and I saw what was happening. And all I could do was like bang on the window. Like, I didn't know what to do. And so I think they looked up and they got startled but and they left. But at that point, I realized the biggest lesson in my life was just like, keep it to yourself, keep things mm. like, don't be boastful. Don't show off because showing off is basically saying here, come get it. And mm-hmm. yeah, that was my life lesson. And I'm, and I'm, you probably wouldn't know anything that I have because I just never really brag or, or show anything anymore. <laughs> <laughs> smart. smart. Yes. That's a good lesson to learn at a young age. You could have made a lot more mistakes uh, in between them, but no, that's good. Okay. Yeah. So I know. Okay, so tell us. So you've been you were modeling. You know, you went to college. Um, mm-hmm. Out of college, what was like your next like or your first job? Out of college, um, so I out of college, I decided because I was modeling and thinking everything was the world was perfect in Miami. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to take this to the next level and move out to LA. And I had my money saved, so I was like, I could I could take care of myself. I move out to LA. And, you know, the real world hits you and I get jobs. I have the only job I ever got in L.A. was waiting tables, being a bartender. I waited tables at a Mexican restaurant, a bartender at a tequila, a tequila bar. Like the struggle was definitely real. But it was a it's a really good time of self-reflection, spiritual growth. Um, You know, um, personally, I think I grew the most there, but it was really a difficult time just trying to figure out my 20s, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just, I hustled in LA. I did some auditions, nothing ever really, really hit. So yeah, it was just a hustle until I was like, yeah, I'm done with this. And then what was the next step? So I moved back home. Um, I was out there for like six years. So I had to be like 20, 27 when I moved back home. And I was like, lost really I think going out to LA I was I had all the confidence in the world going there but leaving there I think I had none um LA has a really crazy way of taking of just breaking you down if you're not mentally prepared for that kind of um that kind of life but so moving back home I got to regroup and um yeah I don't know I was just in in this weird place in my life. And so <clears throat> that's at 27, I had my daughter Lotus and her dad is someone I went to middle school and high school with. So he's somebody I've known my whole life pretty much. Okay. Okay. 
um, he was living in Atlanta. So when I had Lotus, I was like, well, I need, I don't want to raise her by myself. Let me move to Atlanta. And, you know, I think she could be with her dad. Mm -hmm. So coming to Atlanta was kind of a culture shock for me because it's just more of a small minded um, city opposed to Miami and LA, which is fine. It just took me a while to adapt. And I didn't know what I was going to do. I was literally a stay at home mom with no, with no money, no, and this baby to raise. And I'm just like, I don't want my daughter to look at me and be like, you know, somebody asked her, what did your mom do? And she's like, I don't know. My mom sits at home. <laughs> so the thought of that terrified me and I'm raising a daughter. I was like, man, I got to teach her, you know, I have to be the role model that I want her to see in the world. And so I was like, we got to do something. And the closest thing for me to do was what I've known always. And that's healthy living, eating right. So we started doing YouTube videos. She was like two, two years old. And it's the cutest YouTube videos of her because she doesn't even have to know how to speak her <laughs> words. She spoke this language like it's, we called it Yuri Yuri because all she would be like, <laughs> but it was the cutest thing. So we would do these videos and it was really going well. And people were hitting me up and like, hey, can you juice for me? Can you juice for me? So I started making a little bit of money off of it. And I was like, oh, my God, this could really be a business. Mm -hmm. So I went back to school for um, to get a master's in nutrition because I figured let's get some credibility around this and yeah. so where did you go to school what is it called um man it's it's a south georgia um it's not clark it's called something with a c i couldn't even tell you because okay. i only did it for like a year before okay. one of my friends <clears throat> one of my friends hit me he owns these barbecue places here in atlanta sweet Auburn okay. barbecue and he was like okay. yo you should you should just open up a juice bar man forget school like there's a spot opening up right next to me. Just open it up. And so I literally took $10,000 of my own money and opened up a juice bar. He told me that in May and I was asking people, how may I help you by July? Oh, so gosh. It went, yeah, it went quick. What year was that? That was 2012. Okay. That was 2012. Yeah. And it was great. Like when I say it was the it was really fun. Like we, every day I just went in there, I was juicing, I was meeting people. Like it, it took off. And the first year, <clears throat> I think we grossed like 200,000. Okay. And the second year was like 300 and it was just amazing. And I got best of Atlanta one year, wow. which was huge to me because I was like, this shit started from nothing. An All idea. Right. Uh -huh. Yeah. So, um, and my best birthday was one year. You know, today's my birthday. What? Wait a what? second. Terrible friend. <laughs> Happy birthday. See, no, this is what no. happens. They, well, first of all, I don't know when you're listening to this episode, but currently we're on day, I don't know what, of the quarantine. quarantine. The corona quarantine. <laughs> so I'm completely out of the loop. I think I've missed two friends' birthdays this week. Because... Oh, don't me. I don't announce it. It's actually something I actually, I hate getting these birthday texts. I'm like, okay, I get it. I know. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> How are you going to have your Corona birthday? I, I think we're jumping on a, a, a Zoom. A happy oh, yes. Zoom, right? It's on. Like, it's cool. on. I'll yes. Okay. So, ironically, <laughs> yeah. I say that because um, I think it was like 2014. It was my birthday. 
And I remember somebody goes, man, this is how you're going to celebrate your birthday. And I remember looking up in the register and the line was like down the, down the hall. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, this is a great birthday. Like, amen to, to me because the idea that I had came into fruition and I'm in it and I'm looking at it. And it was the one moment where I took a breath and was like, I did what I said I was going to do. Mm-hmm. And it's to make something so my daughter could see that I had an idea, I had a dream, and I accomplished it. Even if it wasn't on a grand scale, it was. I was happy at that space. So, yeah. Well, what would you say was the biggest risk you've ever taken for your career? Um, well, so we could keep going further. So I had, when I had this juice bar, um, I got, I, I brought in a partner. Okay. Was it called Lucky Lotus at this time or had it's another name? Rossum. It's called Rossum. It's called Rossum. Okay. And so I brought in a business partner. And the one thing I would say, when you have a business, bringing in a business partner is you have to be, it is a risk. It's really risky. You have to make a really smart decision when you do it. Um, and at the time, Lotus's father was also a part of the business um, from a distance. So okay. I brought in a business partner who was like a great marketer and he was, you know, this who's who guy. And so as things in my relationship started going downhill, so did the partnerships mm-hmm. and everything started to fall apart. And, and one day um, they wanted to just, they were, they were coming together to put, take me out because I gave, it was a third, each of us had a third of the business. Oh, wow which is the stupidest thing you could ever do in business is if you have an idea and you have a business, make sure you own 51% of it. And then if you want to give partnership away, just make sure you own 51% of it because I didn't realize that they could come together and, and have majority vote. Mm -hmm. So they come together um, and try to get me out and I'm sitting with my accountant and we're at, a waffle house, the guy. And so the, my business partner at the time goes, hands me a paper and says, so me and such and such were talking. And we think that this is what we are going to offer you and buy you out. And I remember my head blowing up. I don't even know what I said, but I was just living and I couldn't believe that somebody that uh, an idea that I started and somebody that I brought into it had the power of putting me out of it. And so, um, yeah, that, that business quickly, I think it lasted three years from 2012 to 2015. Without you being involved? No, that's how long I did it. And then in 2015, okay. they tried, they kicked me out and tried to give me a buyout. So, um, that was probably the lowest point in my life because I was like feeling like, man, I got to, I got to accomplish something and it's going so great. And then I have to. I have nothing now. So what they didn't realize is I already signed the lease to extend to go to Pont City Market. Uh What they didn't realize was I was the only person on that lease. (laughs) And what they didn't realize is them kicking me out kicks them out of the next big thing. But what that also meant for me was I had to start from zero again because... 
you know, start, start from zero money, start from zero concept because it couldn't be the same juice bar. It couldn't be, I couldn't bring anything over equipment wise. Like mm-hmm. you're at zero. So it was that summer of 2015. It was the worst summer of my life. I was just like, I had, I had a daughter to raise and I had to figure this out again. And I was like, no way. And they were hitting me with, I'm going to threats to sue and all this stuff. So I had to protect myself on a whole nother level. And yeah, I made that shit work though. (laughs) (laughs) You sure did. So in 2015, you know, I got, I found the money. I figured, you know, I got, I got money to, to open up what's now Lucky Lotus, which is my second juice bar. And we opened the doors October of 2015 and, um, Man, it's been going really well. We're at, you know, over $500,000 annual gross sales starting from zero um, in 2015. And in 2020, we're doing, we're a profitable business with eight employees that I'm proud to have. Um, Man, they hold me down. I make sure I take care of my people. And, you know, we've just created a really positive, loving culture where we're just here to offer positive um, healthy options to customers and, and good energy. So, you know, I think triumph and all those tribulations I went through and to come to where I am in 2020, I I'm like a totally different person. Mm-hmm. So that is a great story. Yeah. One that I'm sure will inspire a lot of people. Um, were there any mentors for you along this process as you were trying to, you know, refigure this all out the second time um, around? Yeah. Um, I mean, Derek, Derek Dudley, um, that's, that's my, that's my man. Mm -hmm. That's who I'm with, but watching him. So Derek Dudley for everybody is, um, is a man, he was a manager and in the music industry and all that. So the way he works, I would just look at how he would move in business and how he would think and how he would strategize things. And even though we were in totally different industries, um, I just would learn. I was learning, you know, not to jump the gun. Cause you know, one thing that I noticed a lot of women do it too, is when we get emotional about our business, we jump the gun Uh and we're like, Oh no, you're not going to do that. And we just let loose. And I realized watching him that even if you're letting loose on the inside, you can't let people see that you're, you're letting loose on the outside. Yeah especially as a woman, you can't be that crazy girl because nobody wants to touch it. And so I really had to get professional and I really had to grow up and put my big girl panties on and, and handle business the way business should be. So I think, I think that was vital for where I am today. Okay. So you run a juice bar, you're a mom. Um, your friend, you have all, you have all, you all, wear all these hats, your daughter. How much of healthy living is a part of your life, like outside of professionally? Like, do you really yeah. carry the same, you know, ethos into your home? Yeah. Or is, yeah, okay. No, that's a good question because yeah. so when I first started in 2020, I was, <clears throat> I was healthy. I was juicing and drinking smoothies, but I was still eating meat and, and, and chicken and beef 
a good old oxtail couldn't get me away from. <laughs> so I felt I felt the disconnect. I felt that I was not being authentic to my customer base by saying, hey, do this. But I wasn't 100% doing what I felt should be done. So I think it took me a while to get there. I had to like stop taking one, stop eating beef, then stop eating, you know, one by one till I could really get there. And it was a challenge for me, which people probably looked at me and thought, oh, it must be so easy. But I was really not living that life completely. And so I am now, I feel like I could honestly say, this is my lifestyle. This is my kid's lifestyle. Um, we're, we're pescatarian now. I've, tr- I've done the vegan thing. I feel like that was too far from me and, and raising my kids because we would just eat too many carbs mm-hmm. and I didn't know how to do it right. But I think we found a nice balance with, you know, eating fish, you know, every once in a while, incorporating more fruits and vegetables in our diet. Um, but it is a struggle. It is a struggle. And, but yes, I am like a hundred percent about this life. Now, what's one thing you do every day that makes you happy? Oh, good question. Um, I don't know. I, I really try to take at least 30 minutes out of my day to just sit down with, with my kids. Even if it's, I have to play dinosaurs or, um, Lotus is all into like Roblox, but I try to just take 30 minutes and just breathe with them for a second. Cause days could be like, ready, set, go. And so I, I do, I make sure to do that every day. And that's, that's my calming place. And you know what else is my calming place? Just sitting in the car. Yes, same. I mean, hallelujah for the car rides. <laughs> like me in my car, I think of the best ideas. Yes. I'm like, I need a, pen, a pad and paper in my car because I think of the best shit in my car. Right. Or you could use your notes on your phone, type it right in. Yeah. But those are my <laughs> hallelujah moments. So. Oh, I love that. Do you have a favorite book? Favorite book is um, Celeste. Celest, celestial prophecy, Celest, Celestine prophecy. Mm. I want my daughter to read that too. It's one of my introduction to spirituality books. Okay. Okay. It's awesome. It's not business related, but it's, it lets you know the world um, about setting intentions and, yeah. and they coming back to you. I agree. I, I just got finished reading The Alchemist. Yes. A friend gave it to me in 2000. Three. Shout out to Dang. Camilla Alves McConaughey. She hooked me up. <laughs> yes, I just finished reading that book thanks to Corona Quarantine. <laughs> Insane. 17 years later. But it's the so book good. is 50 pages long. Like, <laughs> no, it's 200. That's 200. But I just never got around to reading it. I just never did. And I kind of lost the book along the way. You know, we've moved several times and it kind of reappeared and I had some time, so I read yeah. it, and I was like, "Wow, it was it was eye opening spiritually." Just I'm sure as your book was, yeah. Too, yeah, um, check it out, Celestine yeah. Prophecy. Okay, I will definitely check it out. So, um, sleep, keep it real. Mm-hmm. How many hours are you sleeping every night? I'm an early bird. <laughs> I go to bed. I'm like in bed by ten. If I'm not in bed by ten, my eyes are like red and and dry. Oh, that's so, good. Yeah, I go to bed around ten, and my and my I have a three year old son too, so 
he he makes me go to sleep. If I don't go to sleep, he's not going to sleep, which is ridiculous, but whatever. What time do you get up around six, seven? Yeah, six, six thirty. Okay. Okay, you're getting enough sleep every day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and your exercise habits pre corona were yeah. like how many days a week? Yeah, we were getting it in. It was like I would think I was doing five to six days. Yeah. I feel sometimes like two a days. Sometimes two a days. To zero. I just am like, I don't know about this home workout thing. So, okay. So what's the struggle for you? Do you feel like you just need the accountability? Like you need to be in a space, you need the energy, or you just haven't found found the right like video workout? Maybe I don't give the video workout a try, but I feel like somebody needs to charge me and I need to know (laughs) my money's about to be wasted if I don't get up (laughs) and go to that class. (laughs) That really was what was getting me to go. I was like, now I'm paying for this. I'm doing it. Yeah. Money will motivate you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll be guys. To, you know, yes, it, yeah, I that's what I miss. Are, yeah. yeah, I really miss going to class, but I'm, we'll get through this. In the meantime, there are a lot of uh, virtual workouts on Instagram Live that we could kind of sort of do together and kind of mm-hmm. feel like we're together, but it's really not the same. <laughs> I know. I'm gonna go take a walk today, though. That might start that's me. Good. Okay, that that's a good idea. Um, maybe you could take walks with friends when you're six feet apart. Right, you're across the street. Okay, so when you were going to gyms and boutique studios, what's uh, some items that were pretty much always in your gym bag? Um, My electrolyte powder, alkaline water. Um, I I swear by a Kangen water machine. Um, So I have a Kangen water machine in my house, and it's supposed to be this water machine is what they use in Japanese hospitals to help people, to help patients. Okay. So I swear by that. Um, and a protein bar. Oh, what brand? What kind? Pure protein. It's a blue, it's like a blue pack. Oh, okay. Yeah. Some of those oh. protein bars are terrible. Oh yeah. They can be pretty funky. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. What about the electrolyte powder? Do you have a particular brand you like? It's called IV. Okay. And you and get I just it. Drink that. I got it at Costco, but they have it at Whole Foods. They have it everywhere now. But okay. I found that because I just drank water, it felt like I was just going to the bathroom all day, but I wasn't retaining anything. And so adding that electrolyte powder has given me a little more substance and sustainability in, in uh, my stamina. Mm-hmm. So that's why I like that. Okay. What's, what needs to be on your workout playlist or what needs to be played for you to get hype? And stay motivated. Oh, I'm a Beyonce fan. Mm-hmm. I love a good Beyonce. Um, I love some ratchet music. Yeah. Like, you know, little um the baby is good for me right now. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I like it. Even yeah. Lizzo. Like I like cheesy pop, you know, stuff. Yeah. Remember for a minute we were vibing off of Roddy Rich too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That was a moment. That was a moment. Yeah. Um, okay. So you're eating pretty well, but on a cheat day, what are you eating? Oh, God. I have a sweet tooth out of this world. They have these vegan cookies called Uncle Something at, at Whole Foods and they're peanut butter. Oh, my God. I could make a whole bag. It's ridiculous. If I could not, if I could take sugar out of my diet, I would be right. Everything oh, yeah. would be right with the world. So every day. 
You got to have a little something. I do. I do eat a cookie or so every day. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. One cookie so I can kill you. Now, if you eat that whole bag, that's going to be a problem. I can't say that hasn't happened. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot say that has not happened. Okay. So you're really into beauty too. I mean, you do like different treatments and you have yeah. products. Um, tell me, what are some of your go-to beauty products? Um, serums. There's um, a serum by iClinical. I'd swear by that thing. It's in a little blue bottle. Swear by it. Um, and I and I do my monthly facials. I have a subscription to this dermatologist place, and I have to get a good facial once a month. Okay. Okay. A good exfoliant. Um, you know? Exactly. Make the skin glow. <laughs> Love it. Um, deodorant. This is a hot topic here at Pretty Girl Sweat. What type of deodorant do you use? Big I went debate. through. I went through ten of them. I had a whole debate online about what deodorant. And it's a spray liquid deodorant. It smells like baby powder. If I had the name, I should have been more prepared. But <laughs> but some of those, yeah, it's, it's scary. So Because um, a lot of deodorants, they say, are linked to like breast cancer and stuff. Yeah. Like clogging your, mm, that's all scary. So um, yeah, I use this really organic Arm and Hammer has a really good one. I'll bounce okay. from that one too. Arm okay. and Hammer is natural. And okay. yeah. And when you hear the three words, pretty girl sweat, what do they mean to you? Um, sisterhood means to me um, support, fun, um, high energy. It's really a place to get together and find like-minded women that just want to be better. All right. Now what's next for you? What's next for me? I want to get into the e-commerce space. I want to take Lucky Lotus um, nationally eventually. I want to have prepackaged smoothies that people could order in kits and they could just get them sent straight to their door and enjoy I love that so much. It's, yeah. it's going to happen. I can't wait to yeah. watch it all bloom. Uh, and yeah. if you could just leave some last words for, you know, all the listeners out there, what would you tell them? I would tell them that I, if they have an idea, I was the most unlikely person. I don't think anybody really had any idea or um, faith in me being a business owner, much less um, succeeding at it. So you know, I think all the stereotype of what you may perceive, other people may perceive you, you know, you got to cancel out the noise and just have, have a focus and have a goal because you'll, you'll eventually get there. Every baby eventually makes, takes a step and could walk a mile at some point. And so I think that was my, my, my process in growth was that I took baby steps and I didn't look at the end result. I always looked at what's my next step. Okay, I got that step. What's my next step? And eventually I walked the mile. And so that's my my advice is just take your time and get there. And that's Chantel. Follow her on Instagram at Chantel Giraud and on her business page at Lucky Lotus Juice. You can also check out her website, LuckyLotusJuice.com. And if you're in the Atlanta, Georgia area, be sure to head on over to Pont City Market to give her deliciously nutritious treats a try. 
Pretty Girl Sweat Fest Atlanta returns on Saturday, September 12, 2020. Grab your squad for the fourth annual Ultimate Sweat Sisterhood Festival. Register to receive exclusive access to inspiring trainers. With heart-pumping workouts coupled with the dopest female DJs, you'll get a first-class ticket to your favorite fitness trends and hit songs. When you're not sweating it out, you can rehydrate at our sip stations, refuel in our savor garden filled with deliciously healthy food trucks, refresh in our style lounge, and shop in our vendor village. Head on over to Pretty girlsweat.com slash pgsf to get your early bird tickets today just one more thing before you take off do you want to get a short email from pretty girl sweat every monday and friday that serves as a daily dose of all things inspiring and allows you priority access to our upcoming events just go to prettygirlsweat.com. That's prettygirls with an s sweat.com drop in your email and you'll get the very next one And if you sign up, you'll soon discover that there's no hood like sisterhood. Until next time, always remember that good things come to those who sweat.